you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Ike Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, Matt Money-Smith, and I running around Draft Town here in Chicago, Illinois, talking draft and all other things. Check it out, nfl.com slash podcast or iTunes. All right, let's get it started. The 2016 NFL Draft is now officially open. The Around the NFL Podcast received a first-round grade from Mike Mayock. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Honest question about Mike Mayock. Mm-hmm. Does he know that any of the four of us even roam the planet? Has he heard of any of us? No chance. I've talked to Mike Mayock a few times, and I got the impression he he might be aware of my existence. I had introduced myself and even talked to him back when I worked at NBC and Pro Football Talk, so I don't know. There's a chance. It's usually Greg that someone knows. Yeah. But I once mistakenly. But I'm not, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I once mistakenly filed a post with Mike Mayock's byline because it's right above mine in the list where you pull someone's name. And I quickly heard, not from Mike Mayock, but a, from a handler that said, get that down now. <laughs> wow. Someday you're going to have a handler. The answer is no, by the way. And that Thank includes- you. Probably no. Probably yeah. no. I mean, Mayock, this is, yeah, this is Mayock time. So he's kind of like the king of the world from what? February through the first weekend Please. of May. You know, please. It's our time. This is after the draft. NFL Network is to the, the post game show right now. Mayock's back preparing for day two. This is our time. They're not dropping an hour straight of fire like we did. I love We're it. We're about to. It's uh, it's about 20 minutes before 10 p.m. in the Pacific Coast. Uh, as we record this podcast, round one of the 2016 NFL draft in the books. And what a eventful round one it was. I believe there were four trades in the round. Uh, there were five Ohio State Buckeyes players selected. There was one gas mask involved. Uh, I mean, there were things and a and a major trade that involved uh, the Broncos getting a quarterback. Uh, this was, and there was a lot of you know a lot of talk leading up to the draft. Uh, it's not a great draft class in terms of you know pop. But this first round popped as an entertainment subject. We're never going to have a st- – well, I don't know if we'll ever have a story <laughs> like Laramie Tunsil again, but it is hard to imagine. We have I never had a story like Laramie Tunsil before, and that story changing as the night went on, and I, I felt like I spent my whole night just updating my one Laramie Tunsil post. Literally, it just kept getting wackier and wackier. I mean, I don't think we'll ever have see anything quite like that ever again. That's got to be – I mean, that might be the craziest, like, draft day story um, ever. I mean, just that that the – and it's such a 2016 story as well 
that right before the draft starts, a guy that could have been a top three pick, a video surfaces of him uh, taking a giant bong rip with a fa- with a gas mask. Uh, with by the way, with a Confederate flag behind him as well, like the whole video was wild. Well, that's all miss. You can't outside. Take, you well, can't take a picture without a Confederate right. flag. Outside of the flag, the device was impressive. The flag, not so much. But what right. a device! I mean, it actually made me claustrophobic just looking at it. Uh, but just then, the idea then that everyone that's watching immediately sees it and it's going nuts on Twitter, and then it starts the the stories start to trickle out what this means for this guy's uh, stock in the draft. I was fascinated by the timing of it. All of these war rooms have to adjust on the fly. And for a guy, you know, Ian Rappaport reported, and Tunsil confirmed this after afterward, that it, the video was from several years ago, and he passed all of his drug tests. So somebody's getting a good bargain here. Why is he sliding down draft boards? Yeah. I think that's a fair question, but it's tough in the moment that you're just seeing this video. Now, I incorrectly... There's a, video means a lot in the NFL. <laughs> I incorrectly said on our Slack channel right away, I was like, oh, I don't think that'll we, hurt By the way, we all. don't mention our, oh, our yeah. client. Our, our, uh, our conversation. I didn't think uh, it would be that big of a deal. Well, I said, I think this, you know, this, could be, this could trigger a slide for Tunsil because if the Rams and Eagles hadn't taken as long as they did, there would have been even more chaos for teams to deal with because the Chargers at number three, prime landing spot, Greg immediately said, no, 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 no. What did you say? Well, I just you, thought you, it, I thought it wasn't going to crush him because I was thinking like Wes. <laughs> I could tell Greg the sun will rise tomorrow and it will be bright and it will be hot, and Greg would say probably not. Oh, by the way, he only slipped to thirteen. You know, Miles Jacks slipped out of the first round. A lot of players in DJ, like a lot of people, slipped much further than expected. He ended up not having as big of a fall as I thought once it started going. But we did get reports that he was taken off draft boards. He just freaked. He just it just freaked people out. And I I felt for the guy because. Not only they kept on cutting to him in the draft room, and you see the look in his face, and you yeah. can imagine his phone's blowing up. And Shame. and then you get Mike Mayock Shame. talking about, you know, oh, Shame. this kid I don't feel sorry for at all. And then, Shame. you know, you Should've have I- better. Yeah, and Eisen Shame. saying that video doesn't look that old. You Shame. know, there was a lot of judgment on the kid, and you couldn't help but feel terrible for him. Shame. So I actually felt I was happy for him when he went at 13. If that was a keg stand, teams would have traded up for him. <laughs> That's true. I mean, what are we doing here? Like half the country legally can smoke weed now. Now, the idea that he would have fallen, and it was all, again, on Twitter because everyone was making judgments. Oh, this guy's going to be an undrafted free agent. I wonder who gets him. It's like, guy smoked a little weed. Well, it, it, I think it was a lot of It was a lot. It was a lot of weed. Well, the league's ruling on this is viewed by many, and rightly so, I think, to be antiquated. They're, they're in the crosshairs of the whole country changing where they are on this. Well, he'll be... He'll be, you know, in the crosshairs in terms of, you know, taking, you know, taking drug tests and all that. And I'm sure the Dolphins uh, will be talking to him about all that. But I think it was the I don't think it will I think come it up. Was, I think it was the apparatus that it was. I think it was the intensity yeah. of the apparatus and the timing. And, OK, now we know. And, and we even said immediately, like, oh, he got ha- he got hacked. That also leads to another topic of, like, what is going on that someone is going after this guy so much that they're putting this it's information. Like, it that that alone could freak people. It's out. like a Skeletor supervillain after him. And you would think like imagine put yourself in this guy's shoes. Like not only you're you've became a multimillionaire today and you're a first round pick in the NFL, you realize your dream, but he has to be consumed with thoughts about who banged me in the biggest spot possible. How am I gonna find this culprit and destroy him? And he's not you know, from his interviews, right away on the main stage, he is getting quizzed about this and he's probably still in his mind, as you say, picking up the pieces of what is should be the number one moment in his life, what he's been working for for years and years, and the whole time as his name was falling from one team to the next, the look on his face said it all. I mean, you do feel for him for that. Dion be like, was it your stepfather? Right. (laughs) That was 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 like a surreal thing. Dion should do that. It was hard-hitting journo, Dion saying. I actually, I was, the way Dion did that blew my mind. It was one of the more surprising, amazing draft moments I've seen, and I'm glad he asked it too because it's It's a question on everybody's mind. His stepfather sued him a couple days ago, and there there was a long backstory. We're not going to get into all that of legal problems. Please do. Break down the legal side of this. (laughs) You turn into Mike Wallace all of a sudden, Dion Sanders. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) So everyone was kind of thinking that. And that's the, the crazy thing is it didn't end there. You know, after that moment, after he was on the stage, 
Then in his Instagram account, which amazingly was just sitting there wide open, probably hadn't changed the password to that. The one, two, three, four, five, six, seven <laughs> password. <laughs> a text exchange is posted between Tunsil and what apparently is some sort of Ole Miss uh, official or coach with um, you know money being exchanged. And Tunsil's asked about it in his press conference, and he admits to taking money from an Ole Miss official, and then he's escorted off the yeah, stage at the press the conference. With a cane with a hook at the end. So that was like oh. a whole separate thing and meanwhile there's like fake statements from a agent that people are actually falling for and it's crazy and you know what it all ends up with is my the Miami Dolphins they say Tunsil was the number two overall player on their board and you know people always say that sort of stuff but it's believable with this guy it was yeah. a guy that was supposedly a top two or three player I think that was a it ended up being a great pick uh for the Dolphins I have one more theory by the way on this what if, and it was a misguided notion but what if he Right as the draft telecast was started, he tweeted out that video himself just because he wanted to show that he was kind of a cool dude that knows how to party <laughs> but also could block like a mother effer. Well, that seems just like, like just there's a lot of holes in that theory. Well, he's, and the look on his face would be the first hole. I mean, he, he, he seems stunned okay, like any human. Probably would. not. It. He said he said he was hacked. So that that would seem like which we always believe. And I mean, did, in this case, that's I true. Do. it is the most believable hacked thing of all time. We, we should point out. Uh, something we were talking about before we, we posted. This is something where it really tested a lot of people. It tested the the on-air people to deal with a breaking news story like this during the draft as an unforeseen thing. It tests an agent, like their, their crisis management skills. Mm. And it might have saved Laramie Tunsil that he has a big – he has an agent, Jimmy Sexton, um, you know who has whose client I believe is Adam Gase. Adam Gase is a Jimmy Sexton. Client. Is known to have some pretty close ties uh, with the Dolphins in terms of their clients and uh, Ndamukong and Sue and and Tan, you know Tannenbaum is it worked with this guy a lot and he gets he ends up getting again drafted by the Dolphins. That's how that's it's how relationship the is made sometimes. And uh, to Tunsil's credit as well, he comported himself very well with Dion on national television there where. Uh, a lesser uh, in terms of, you know, uh, somebody that wasn't mature could have, like, said some things he shouldn't have, uh, and apparently he did a little later, but not in that public a spot. But all things said and done, it could have been a lot worse night than it ended up being for Laramie Tunsil. Someone like Spice Rack would have folded on that stage. <laughs> what? what? I don't know. I'm just Spite, wait, wait uh, Chris Wessling? No, we were just discussing. We were discussing Spice Rack, so it just came to mind. Holding Spicy's feet to the fire. We got to get Spicy on the pod uh, next week to get his breakdown, and he also has to make his prediction to dig himself out of the Melvin Gordon hole of last. Well, year. last year he famously predicted if if Melvin Gordon went to the Cowboys, he would lead the NFL in rushing as a rookie. So I texted him right before we got on the show to see if he thought the same way about Ezekiel Elliott, and he basically said yes, but I am not going to officially make that prognostication. All right, well that leads us nicely into the second thing we want to talk about here, which is. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott goes to the Dallas Cowboys with the fourth pick overall. And this was a pick after Joey Bosa uh, goes number three to the Chargers, Greg. And that was the first surprise of the draft. Uh, a lot of people connected the Chargers to offensive linemen. Uh, Phillip Rivers needs some more help there. But instead, they go with Bosa. And, Greg, you noticed something uh, when they show the Cowboys' war room after the Bosa pick to San Diego right before Dallas was on the clock. Well, we've got a camera on the Dallas war room, and they're all, you know, back slaps and laughing, and suddenly Bosa goes off the board, and it just seemed like they had seen a ghost. It was just quiet and silent, and uh, I don't know if panic's the word or whatever it was. They're just sitting there, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I did see some reports that, that they were high on Joey Bosa, and so who knows? Maybe that wasn't going to be their pick. We also saw a report uh, that a team, the Ravens, tried to trade up to Dallas to draft Jalen Ramsey, uh, and the Cowboys would not move off of that. So I think they were still very, very excited to take Ezekiel Elliott at number four. They clearly didn't want to move down. It turns out they probably could have moved down and still gotten Elliott and picked up a pick, but they, they played it safe and they took Elliott. Ramsey ended up going number five to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the buzz, and I wrote a post earlier before the draft uh, that Ian Rappaport reported that the Cowboys were struggling with Jalen Ramsey versus uh, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott? What are we going with here? I think Zeke. Zeke Elliott. Ezekiel. And Ezekiel. And uh, Jarrah sounds like he won this power struggle uh, two years after he got talked out of Johnny oh. Manziel. 
I, I, I think that this is the a Jerry Jones type pick, but everyone in that room such a Jerry pick. It is, but we, they were they were somewhat. There was a morose feel to it. I, I might be Bosa. reading into things. Maybe I'm in, so. I'm but, admitting that. But it's fair. To, they, they were all backslapping and having a great time. Then it went. It was like suddenly someone put nerve gas in the room, and then, <laughs> and then they're all happy again. So they were thrilled with Elliot. I think it's a good fit for Dallas. I mean, they, they haven't lost the memory. I think it's a Garrett pick, too. People talked about Garrett wanting Elliot as well. Mm. And you go back to what you were if Romo's healthy with that great offensive line to what you were two years ago if the rookie running back can play as they hope. They could have one of the best offenses in the league. I thought the Bosa thing was really interesting to me, how surprised everyone was. The Chargers were connected to just about every player in the top ten, except Bosa. After During the entire 2015 season, Bosa was number one atop everyone's boards, and then all of a sudden people were talking about him going seventh or eighth or whatever. Well, this guy's a monster. Yeah, the only thing is, and I think it'll be fine, but they run a 3-4. And I primarily he was looked at as a better fit as like a Cowboys end in a four three, but forget it. He can play if he plays and, like he did before. He could play in any. And scheme. teams now are so multiple playing right. both, including the Chargers, that they'll probably play more four three because they have Joey Bosa, or he'll just have his his hand in the ground. And you're right that almost all day people were there saying, well, if it's defense, it's gonna be Buckner. Or if it's defense, it's going to be Ramsey. People disagreed. Or, you know, people were really going Ronnie Stanley big. And, then, you know, and no, no one had Bosa. And it killed all the mock drafts. I was going to say, are you saying nobody actually knows anything nobody, despite well, all they, those months well, of good job by San night? Diego of course, smoke screening. Literally no one said Bosa. No one. No one was saying that is the favorite to be the pick. No one was even mentioning him at, among the four or five names there. So it really does show for all the information that we get in terms of guessing who's going to take what, no one knows anything. I mean, they didn't even have to smoke screen because once the first two picks got locked in, they essentially had the first real pick of consequence in the draft when you're trying to figure I mean, things out. I love I think the, they wanted to trade down, and so maybe they thought they could have traded down to six or something yeah. and yeah. still got Bosa. I love the Cowboy pick, by the way, because if you think about it, they have this – game-changing offensive line potentially. And there are people are making some comparisons to Adrian Peterson uh, with Elliott. And if he turns out to be the real deal, uh, you have Tony Romo, 36 years old, all beat up. Now you could change your offensive dynamic a little bit. You have this guy the, built for the Cowboys-type talent. I think it, it makes them more fun to watch, and I think it, it makes sense for the team. So I think it works on both well, You've lines. got your triplets, part two, if you want to call it that, if it wasn't part eight at this point. Right. right. You could argue they're putting almost too much, too many resources into, into the running game and into one thing. But I, I tend to be, I tend to agree with you, Dan. One thing I thought when I did that redraft of the last year's rookie classes Humble break. is three down running backs like Todd Gurley and David Johnson are a relatively scarce resource in the NFL right now. Like as they would say, foundation backs that can be really good on every down, that can be a power goal line back and a great third down back and make people miss in space and in small holes. And by all accounts and from everything I've seen, Elliot is that guy. Maybe it isn't quite as dynamic as Todd Gurley, but is definitely as complete. Well, and they as talk about him as being – and Romo has become one of the smartest quarterbacks, that Elliot is one of the smartest – running backs coming out of the draft they've seen a long time, and an excellent blocker. If anything catches rookie running backs is they're not good blockers. It takes time to adjust. They're off the field on third down. They say he's a fen- he is a phenomenal blocker. Right, and so if, if there's only five or six of those guys in the league, that's a scarce resource, and it's worth, it's worth a lot. I think if they were redoing the draft, David Johnson should go in the top ten, and Todd Gurley would go in the top three. And so if Elliott is really kind of in that, in that range, why not take him? You, Alfred Morris isn't gonna like it. You don't pass no. on studs. Look at the Adrian Peterson draft. Do you think the, how do you think the Cardinals felt about drafting Levi Brown instead of Adrian Peterson? Because you're drafting <laughs> you're drafting for need instead of the you, Peterson. When I saw him in college, I thought he was the best running back I'd ever seen. Do you um, still think Darren McFadden's gonna top a thousand yards this year? R.I.P. Darren McFadden's <laughs> fantasy value. How about R.I.P. Alfred Morris? Yeah. Period. What do you think? Al, yeah. Big Al was thinking. Uh, when he heard the news. Uh, is he even going to be on that team, I guess? He was thinking I should have re-signed with the Redskins, whatever they offer. Redskins didn't want him. Um, all right, so that's the very top, top 10 fantasy pick. How about that? Let's go throw in some fantasy. I'm with you on that. 
Got to be. Right off the bat, rookie year, he's a top 10 fantasy player. It's got to be. Yeah, he's going to be. Top 15. I mean, that's not even a bull Heavy prediction. favorite for rookie of the Well, year. they're a run-heavy offense. That's what they want to be. Yeah. All right, so let's bounce around a little bit. So that's what happened at the top of the draft. Third thing we want to talk about, because it was um, such a big story uh, in the NFL for uh, really months, the Denver Broncos win a Super Bowl with a broken-down Peyton Manning. They have Brock Osweiler waiting in the wings, but nope. The Houston Texans steal him away with a massive $72 million contract. So the Broncos need a quarterback. They trade for Mark Sanchez. Nobody takes it seriously. Uh, he'll be the backup. They'll get Colin Kaepernick. That will finally happen. That deal never comes together. And guess what? John Elway's got to make a move on the day of the draft. And what does he do? He trades up five picks in the first round and gets his quarterback. It is a Memphis passer Paxton Lynch. Goes to the Denver Broncos. They have their quarterback of the future. But my question, uh, and Wes, we'll start with you on this. Everything, because I tracked Lynch very closely in the past week or so because he kept on being connected to the Jets. Everything you heard about this guy was that he was a project and uh, he'd never played under center and he'd never been in a huddle or read a defense at the line of scrimmage. Uh, This is a team defending a Super Bowl title. And it makes sense to me that Mark Sanchez is going to be the starter because this guy won't be ready by September 8th. Yeah, I remember last year when that was the scouting report on Marcus Mariota. Then he went out and became the only quarterback in NFL history to post a perfect passer rating. He was the number two pick of the draft. Still, we don't know if these guys are NFL ready. That was the book on Mariota starting with Mayock saying this guy needs a year. Name another guy. Oh, there's all kinds of guys where they say they need time and then they get thrown right in. You said that about Tannehill. Yeah, they always say he needs need 10 time. years. But. If you draft a guy in the first round, generally over the last 10 years, first round quarterbacks start week one. And to me, I, I love John, the way John Elway has played this all along. Look, what are the 49ers going to do? There are reports they're gonna, just going to release Colin Kaepernick now, that there's no trade market for him. So Elway gets a six foot seven passer more talented than Brock Osweiler paying a quarter of the salary after everyone acted like the hand-wringing over not signing Brock Unitas to a $20 million a year contract. Give me a break. Yeah, but they developed that guy for four years. They wanted to pay They him developed a guy who got benched dollars. for the washed-up version of Peyton Manning. But that was not just about skill level. That was about a lot of heat with Peyton Manning. All right, but now look who's sitting pretty. John right. Elway sitting well, pretty. Is, a good this ju- guy is – Is Mark Sanchez possibly starting for a defending exactly. Super Bowl champion? Yeah, that but look what he just well. pulled That's off. Fine. Look exactly. what he just pulled off. What? If what do you, you pull off? What do we know about well, this guy? It's not. We may not know much about him, but if you go read from scouts, some of them what they say is, look, you can have your Goff and your Wentz. We understand why they're one and two, but what Paxton Lynch has from a tools angle is incredibly enticing, and maybe he does need time. But the dude has a cannon arm, and for six foot seven, he can move. He's a good fit for that offense. Absolutely. He's a he, the tools he, are there. Perfect for bootlegs. So it's fine that they have Sanchez. Maybe they don't start him right away. But all this nonsense, we were told Blake Bortles wasn't going to start, and they're going to have Chad Henney go through 16 games. By week five, that was nonsense. Yeah, but what, good. how did the Jaguars do that here? Listen, the throne of ease is in how trouble Blake Bortles because John Elway has it right now. He's sitting on top of NFL Mountain on his throne. A good GM knows not to overpay and absolutely like ransom and hijack your salary cap, and Elway refused to do that. And he was smart enough not to show enough interest in Lynch where they got him. I'm not. I think he, I think General John Elway. I don't think he refused to do that because because Osweiler went for, got 18 million dollar offer instead of 16. I mean he he was ready to pay 16. He, they, he went and got 18. Elsewhere. Obviously he drew a line in the sand. Right, he did, and I think he deserves credit because I think you should if you're in a position like Elway, you should be taking a real quarterback every year until you find one. And and he found one not only that he would draft, but that he liked enough to trade up for. He gave up a third-round pick. And that other teams had ranked as the best quarterback in the draft. And this is a team that has needs. And I think one of the biggest – I don't know. I'm not ready to say the Broncos are some big winner because it's it's a first-round quarterback. It's a 50-50 thing. But I think Paxton Lynch is the biggest winner of the entire day because if he's got to succeed in the NFL, to be on this team and in this system and with Gary Kubiak, you could not be in a better position. But I I really – I don't know why, but I kind of buy the whole Lynch has to wait a while thing because 
I don't think the Broncos are going to want to rush him into this. And I and I do think we're going to be seeing Mark that, Sanchez starting for the defending championship, that, which is crazy. Or maybe they add another veteran. And that's why I and that would be interesting too. I'd be adding that'd be a lot of uh, cooks in the like kitchen, a, like a Hoyer or something, just to have another right. option. I but don't that's know. why I still think ultimately, maybe long term, Elway should be lauded for making this move and getting a first round quarterback with a lot of tools. But I still think it wasn't handled well if Mark Sanchez is the guy behind center when you're trying to defend a title because that's the ultimate when you're a defending champ. You're, it's win now. You can't be more win now than that. And you don't kick chances to repeat as champion. And Mark Not a Sanchez, young right. Mark but Sanchez what, ain't winning the Super Bowl this year. John Elway. And if Mark Sanchez cedes to a rookie that's never been in a real offense before, he's not going to win a Super Bowl either. They're a unique Super Bowl champion, though, because not often do you see a team that wins a Super Bowl lose everything at quarterback and have to start over. And it's not been a good – yes, you can go have gotten Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick's much better in April than he is in September. Hey, we saw it once, and we saw what happened to the Ravens the next year when they defended. I mean, they, they chose to get rid of sure. Is John Elway given any of you any reason to be skeptical of no, Acumen as a GM? No, but he hasn't you given can't. me any reason. Uh, and he's been to seven Super Bowls as a player in GM. I, I agree. Invaluable. His that's feet right. aren't to the fire. I right? can say Sanchez will be the starter, and that's a problem. But they, he went out and swung Wait, for the fences arm with a prospect. Camp. Exactly. They have an exciting young prospect. What one, more can you ask for? One, one thing I think you can question, I think he's been – obviously one of the best executives in the league since he came in. One thing he really knows he needed, and he's talked about this a little bit, he needs to start having good drafts. And he just traded, you know, he got the quarterback, so he just lost another pick in this draft. His best player drafted over the last three years is who? Bradley Roby? Well, Ike Taylor considers him one of the top three cornerbacks in the NFL. Right. I think Bradley Roby is a good, is a pretty good player, but he doesn't have put many impact players. Malik for Jackson the last just three. got what eighty million. That was drafted four by years ago. I'm more than some teams, LA. though, Elway used free agency more than other GMs Absolutely. would, and he built an excellent team. He just was talking about that he needs to start replenishing. That's it fair. With, with some draft picks because they're they're a little bit thinner uh, than you would expect. The crazy thing, the thing I love about Elway, though, is there's still that like competitive player to him, and I don't think it's any mistake. The second he makes this pick, he goes on the record and says, we're out of the Kaepernick sweepstakes. And, right. to, and to me, that is like, <laughs> you messed around with us long enough, Kaepernick. Yeah. You're done. Right. You're done, son. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the big news with the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's now move to another team in the AFC, uh, the AFC North, that is. They are. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and um, Mark, um, you are a Browns fan, and um, you know the Browns. When it comes to draft day, uh, they're always, always good for entertainment. Full of heart from start to finish, delivers on the great tension of the NFL draft, <laughs> while showing how human the entire process is. <laughs> Oh, God. Mark Sessler, <laughs> NFL.com. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? Um, I uh, cannot stand any of you. <laughs> I blocked whoever sent that to me. And just, you did? I, yes, because, right, it was like 6 in the morning. Wes retweeted. A little, yeah, I retweeted. You're in my doghouse. For a little bit of history, that's when the movie Draft Day in 2013 about the Browns came out. Mark was... Something from our review was taken well, out and no. used as a press. I'll, Wait, so I'll, what, what Dan read was actually used a, as a Unfortunately, <laughs> and listen, I, like, uh, when we came out of not that movie, audit, not I saw audio that movie version. with you guys, and I said a solid B, and that's what Wes – I, I still like B. it. I think it's it's been maligned. I get it. But I, then I tweeted something saying, you know, we saw it, we liked it, and the company, the production company, wrote – DM'd me basically and said – can you, your can you write something? And I went on vacation immediately after. I had a couple glasses of wine <laughs> at my parents' house and wrote this paragraph about the movie, and they cobbled together parts of it and created that sentence. Now, that said, I did type it. I should never have done it, and I'm not living it down even still. And I blocked <laughs> I that it. guy that sent that. Did you really I saw, block him? I'll unblock him. It's not a personal thing, but wow. I saw. I could, right away, I saw, Dan likes it. Wes likes <laughs> it. I said, this is going to end up on the show, so I'm going to block it until the show passes. And it still got on the show. Brandon, you are in my TD zone right now. By the way, <laughs> Why, by the way can I enjoy this. you got to own it. This is genuinely funny. You should enjoy it. For this. you it is, Greg. I actually did. For the usual. I privately, I am Greg this morning because I didn't want, 
I, I thought it would be funny because it was it, we haven't seen it in a while. The the blurb. So when somebody said I know. It, it's like, oh, man, that is if you think we bring up on the pod, Mark will get too angry. And and Greg said, no, it'll be all right. It's innocent. I uh, actually I am not angry because I didn't had the day that. been a disaster, I would not have enjoyed that. I'm fine with it. But the day wasn't a disaster, it was, not. was it, Mark? Because the Cleveland Browns traded out of the top ten, so the Browns are going nuts. Uh, of course, they started this draft with what the second pick. Mm-hmm. They traded down to number eight, got a bunch of picks uh, from the Eagles, and then they traded out again uh, with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, to the number 15 pick, and then they get an exactly the type of guy they needed, didn't they, Mark? Well, after years of Ray Farmer saying, I look around the league and teams prove to me that you don't need to draft wide receivers. We're just going to pick them up off the street or the local high school or whatever it is. <laughs> and finally, with Hugh Jackson in-house in the new front office, they said that is not how you win in the NFL. We're going to get a playmaker. And they got Corey Coleman from Baylor, who Dan and Dan's father-in-law have watched plenty of. And, Dan, you know more about him than I do. You love the guy. I am not a guy that knows a lot about, you know, the college. See, I follow it. The closest I'll follow follow college football uh, is when uh, my wife's parents come into town, which is once every, you know, two months or so, and I always will end up watching Baylor games. And then I'll occasionally catch them alone as well because I I am intrigued by them because my, my wife's entire family went to that school and Corey Coleman was a guy that jumped out at me every time I watched them because it was like a man against boys where it seemed like every game he had 250-yard touchdowns. And uh, Bob Bates, uh, DDS, my father-in-law, actually, Mark, texted me uh, after the pick, and he said, and he's a big-time Baylor guy, Bob Bates is such a big Baylor guy that he has season tickets to the men's basketball, women's basketball, men's football, and I think the baseball and softball programs. This is what he's... Booster! He's retired. (laughs) And uh, his text to me, Corey and RG3, Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Tell Mark there is hope for the Browns. And a third Baylor player. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's Brandon now. Brandon's Brandon's just slipping very easily into the the troll seat. But, I mean, honestly, if you get get Josh Gordon back, you have three Baylor players right there. But here's the player side, and and they talked about him being the number one receiver on their board when they mined down the board to get him, and and they got their guy. But in the next two drafts off of these trades, they get an extra third round, two fourth rounders, a 2017 first, a 2018 second, and another 11 picks in this draft. So wow. people are asking what and is And another it? second next year, too, It's it, because right. of the trades today. People are asking what is the front office going to be about? Oh, can Sashi Brown handle it? Is he going to handle it when the phone Sashi. starts? Pick up the chisels. I would say that that he's that he's done an excellent job. The whole group of them together has done a job where they've not they haven't gotten fleeced in any of these trades. I think they've gotten value and they got a player that Hugh Jackson obviously likes. You checked all my boxes. I'm fine. I'm out. <laughs> I like this electric Josh McCown to Corey Coleman connection. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. And there's he, a lot more pieces that need to be put it's, in. It's funny because I do remember, Mark, you said a while, like it was just three weeks ago or four weeks ago that you were like, are they going to just trade down again and put it all off? Well, I wanted Carson Wentz. Yeah. I wanted him, but I, I'm I, willing to go with their vision, and I see that they are truly building the roster from the that, ground up. You have to. And that is uh, that's a good call because um, this, this by all counts, um, especially if – if if um, he becomes uh, Corey Coleman becomes a star receiver, it will be seen as a good first round for the Browns. But if Carson Wentz becomes a stud, the the Browns will never live it down. So that all remains to be seen. But they went they filled a need, and it's a for a franchise that lacks any excitement. Now you have a guy West. I think you read that there are some comparisons to Odell Beckham. You know that type of playmaker potentially. Roto World which is really good on draft coverage. They study this stuff religiously. For didn't you months. guys build that brick by brick? Greg Physically, did. You, you exaggerate that. <laughs> you exaggerate that. Roto World had this effusive praise comparing him to Odell Beckham that he, in college, outplayed everyone else on the field. And we also heard DJ compare him to Steve Smith. I've heard those are Antonio two, Brown ones, too. Those are some great names to be compared to. Yeah, he's a fun player to watch uh, with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, from what I've seen. I mean, Well, then they have one of those. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and there's... There's what no, about Gary Barnes? Like, you forgot about me, Mark. One and a half. I like, can make a bunch of plays with the ball in my hand, including getting in the end zone. I'm quite zen, mate. Quite zen. 
one and a half players like that. Like we think that these trades, like the Ricky Williams trade or the Herschel Walker trade, doesn't happen anymore, and and they don't. But for that number two pick in a couple of years, we will look at the six players that the Browns picked up, and we'll we'll see if how how good those six players are. But that's what they they turned that into, and they're all first three round picks. So that that's pretty impressive that they're gonna get six players for that pick, and you just hope Moneyball. You can hope they can do it, and the Titans. You know, who knows how good Jack Conklin's going to be. I thought when they were trading back up, they were going to trade up for Tunsil. And that I think that's two spots where you look back and, and you think that's what where Tunsil would have been taken. Right. Because Aditi Kinkawala reported for NFL Network that the Ravens were going to take Tunsil at six, but because of the video, they took Stanley. The Titans were pretty closely linked to Tunsil at number one, and they trade up for Conklin. So that's two different spots where you would have seen Tunsil go. Maybe maybe the Titans won't look good there. That they, Maybe they got too freaked out. Hmm. I don't know. Not the Titans. <laughs> um, so Corey, Corey Coleman, the first wide receiver off the board, gentlemen, but uh, uh, he wasn't the last. But there was something that historic happened in this draft, uh, and it happened uh, late in the first round, specifically uh, picks 21 through 23, Three consecutive wideouts come off the board. That's never happened before. Mm. Uh, the, the Texans move switch move up one spot with the Redskins uh, and take Will Fuller, the wideout out of Notre Dame. Uh, then the uh, Redskins take Josh Dotson um, from TCU, and then the Vikings and uh, my Vi- close uh, Vikings friend Greg back from home in the uh, coal mines. Very excited on text when the Vikings got Laquan Treadwell from Ole Miss, a guy that we were seeing in uh, some mocks as being the first guy, for, first wide out off the board. So the Vikings get Treadwell, which is a big pickup for them because I don't know you know, how big a fan people are in this room of uh, Stefan Diggs, but he's done, he did some nice things last year, but he's not a stud. You add another receiver there, and you're starting to get somewhere with that offense because it's a big year for Teddy Bridgewater. Well, the thing with Stephon Diggs and last year with Mike Wallace, too, was they were pushed around. Those wide receivers weren't physical in any way, and that's basically the book on Treadwell, that he is physical. I think he's the perfect fit for them. I mean, he is built in a way where he got some comparisons to an Anquan Bolden. He's not a speedster, but he is a at the point of catch. I love Very physical. Guys. Exactly. I, I love he, watching him. They don't have that. Seen. They don't have that. Is anyone surprised, though, that Treadwell was I, – I think with wide receiver – it's a position where teams look specifically for someone that fits their current system, and that could be one guy versus the next. Maybe it's not the universally most talented guy. But for Treadwell to go fourth, I, I was surprised. Well, he ran a 4-6. That's the thing. He, people people get so caught up on that, just like Bolden you know, ran a 4-6, and that killed his draft stock. He didn't even go in the first round. I think I think that hurt him, and I didn't think people thought he was that far ahead of the rest of the group. He and gets, Ian, Ian tweeted that um, – the Vikings think he's going to pick up speed. He's going to get faster because he had that gruesome leg injury a year ago, so he's another year removed from that. And Treadwell gets the award, by the way, of the most uh, bummed-out interview post-draft interview. Uh, he was pretty upset when Dion was talking with him because he just didn't have a lot to say, didn't have a smile on his face. Mm. Some of these guys, they got to, you know – have a little more perspective though, because he still ended up going, uh, you know, number 23 in the entire NFL draft. And he, you know, his life just changed, but uh, you know, there's ego involved here. And he was, he thought he'd be the first one off and he ended up being the fourth guy off amongst the uh, wideouts. Yeah. I mean, he's thinking of, uh, who did the Vikings take seventh overall or whatever? I mean, there's some, been some receivers without great college resumes that have gotten taken a lot higher. So you get disappointed, but he gets to play indoors. You know, that's a good thing. Shout out to Michael Berger. Remember for his little uh, pressure points? Oh, yeah. The wide receiver run that he uh, basically called in the early 20s. He did. And he it happened. And Berger is a Bengals fan. And you have to look at the Bengals as a loser in that dynamic. because, yeah. And it, maybe it's because Corey Coleman went to the Browns up at 15. You have three in a row to the Redskins, Vikings, or to the to Texans, Redskins, and Vikings. And it's the Bengals who really needed a wide receiver at number 24 and they did not get one. From were, uh, yeah. One last thing on Treadwell from Connor Orr's Twitter account. They asked him about seeing single coverage, being in offense with Adrian Peterson, and he answered, sounds like the Super Bowl to me. Mm. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, you know, A little premature. Excited. A little premature. 
potentially. Uh, what do you guys think? The Redskins, uh, there was uh, some pop, and uh, I think Mayock talked about it a little bit. And some on Twitter, people were surprised that they didn't focus on defense more. They s- seem to not have a big problem scoring points last year with Cousins' breakout year, uh, but they went wide receiver and fuller. Uh, they have a ton of wideouts. Right. It's a position of strength. I mean, you have Pierre Garçon. You have, De- you have uh, Deshaun Jackson. And you've got a great rookie receiver uh, last year in um, – Jamison Crowder. You got Andre Roberts. Spot. Ryan I mean, Andre Ryan Roberts had his not, moments. I'm going to be on that team. Wow. I think it just says Pierre Garçon and or Deshaun Jackson is not on this they team don't. next year. But people thought in 2016 or 2016? no, no, in 2017. People thought maybe one of those two guys, especially Jackson, could be a surprise cut this year. And now, now it seems like one of those two guys will almost certainly be not good news for six-string wideout Laron Bird. Laron <laughs> Bird's like, damn. <laughs> Bro, I'm banged. Former Arizona Cardinal, LaRon Bird. Well, he may have to go back to the Cardinals. <laughs> Wait, who, did you say Jairus Bird? Jairus Bird. Jairus A little bit of a stretch. It is his cousin. But they just need to let – the Redskins need to let that guy fly, though. All right? He's all the way down there. Mm. They just need to let him go, let him fly. That's true. I mean, this is – Kirk Cousins, if ever – Maybe they're just worried about the Kirk Cousins backslide. They're going to present prevent it. I mean, he's got about as many weapons as anyone going. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's talk about. So we talked about. Um, you had Vernon Davis to that group. Watch out. All right. Uh oh. Let's calm down. On the Vernon. It's a bridge Davis too fight. far, Greg. Uh, do you actually buy in on a Vernon? Davis? No, but they have Jordan Reed and like four good, got good wide receivers now, and Matt Jones. Who I he like. did. Vernon Davis did tweet out a, a picture of his body recently. Bang and bot. I mean, <laughs> that's very, never been an issue. Very well built, but uh, does he care about the game of football? We'll find out only <laughs> in the 2016 NFL season, sponsored by America. <laughs> Exclusively on NFL. Wow. Exclusive. Well, that's not true, but <laughs> uh, somewhat on NFL Network. Um, all right. So yes, Laramie Tunzel. He drops down uh, the draft board uh, to 13, but he should. He should. You know, count his blessings, uh, whatever that means, because one man that fell completely out of the first round, and it's very sad when they cut to that green. I don't even know if they should do the green room thing. It's kind of sad when they, as the as the round starts to get later, and these guys they're after walking the red carpet and the weeks of hype. Now they they're getting in their mind. I'm sure they feel embarrassed. Uh, that they're not being picked. You got to have drama for the casual fans. That's fair. Okay. But I'm just thinking from a human standpoint. That's all. Uh, Miles Jack, who, of course, people have said is a real potential all-pro talent, uh, but also a guy with a knee injury uh, that I believe Rap Sheet reported this morning, which really spooked me uh, when it came the Jets' time to pick, uh, that is not expected by uh, multiple teams to last to a second contract. So you're talking about a guy that – uh, might have a shelf life of four or five years because of the damage in his knee. Uh, enough teams were spooked that he did not go in the first round, which was a surprise because in a lot of mocks and a lot of people speculated he was a guy that can go anywhere from you know eight to fifteen, uh, maybe to twenty range. But the idea that he fell all the way out—that was one of the big surprises of the first round. Yeah, and he basically admitted that the potential is there for microfracture surgery and. Darren Gann of Pro Football Talk asked Dave Gettleman if he was surprised that Miles Jack was still on the board late in the first round, and Gettleman said not after what he said today, after he admitted that the microfracture was a possibility. Two potential landing spots. If teams, you know, there's a lot of risk there, but a team like the Cowboys at number three in the second round or maybe the Ravens at number five. Here's the thing, though. He played last year. It's not like he's coming off of a crazy injury. I mean, he was the number two player on DJ's big board based on his play, and nothing has really changed since then. Now, the, I'm I'm not saying I know anything more medically. Obviously, the medical con- concerns are massive, but he was just playing football at an extremely high level, and you do wonder, sometimes these guys fall too far because of this stuff. Star Lodalele is, is one guy that everyone got spooked uh, about his physical issues right before the draft. It ends up it hasn't been an issue at all for him. So who knows? It seems like a guy just based on his skill set that he can do 
everything that he can cover, that he can be, you know, he can track, and that he's worth a shot, you know, in the second round. Doesn't seem like he's going to go too much further. Reminds me of Daquan Bowers, who was being yeah. talked about as the first pick overall in the draft, and slid to what late in the second round. Yeah, that was in it, the sixties. Doctors he, would doctors said the same thing. This guy's going to need microfracture. And you know what? With him, the slide was warranted. He never really was an explosive player. So who knows? That's sad, though. It is sad. It is sad. Also, uh, someone that fell down the first round a little bit, um, Robert Gimdiche, defensive tackle uh, from uh, Miss. Goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Ole Miss, I believe. Ole Miss, excuse me. Of course, I knew that. Uh, He goes (laughs) to uh, the Arizona Cardinals, the defending NFC West champions. That uh, feels like a nice fit. Um, But uh, there is a lesson to be learned uh, that we we were ahead of the curve on this. We knew this could be a problem, um, so let's just have some fun and talk about it a little bit. Let's <laughs> sing. Kim Diche, Kim Diche, Kim Diche. <laughs> Why did you fall out that window? <laughs> Kim Diche, Kim Diche, Kim Diche. <laughs> Why did you fall out that window? It almost certainly affected your draft stock. You fell down the board as well. That's it, Irishman. I dare say that is by far your finest piece of music yet. And you have had Whoa. many songs that you've sung on this podcast. That that almost sounded professional. I'd agree. Thanks. I think that Thanks. somehow that song needs to get to him because it's going to lift his spirits. <laughs> I'd say something else. More of us should fall out windows if it, what it means is you wind up with the Cardinals because there's no better team in the league right now. <laughs> in a song hot, like that. Hot well, take, fall out a window. Listen, the Cardinals that have shown the they can do this. By the way, if I get drafted next year, that's going to be my walk-up song. Drafted that, into what? <laughs> Dan song. But, well, just in case. Drafted to Bleacher Report. Listen, <laughs> the, the Cardinals did the same thing with Tyron Matthew, right? They take Honey Badger, a team that just rolls down draft boards. We can't handle this guy. He's too unmanageable. And Arians has shown that when he trusts a player and he likes him, and if Steve Kimes on board, they completely alter that guy's career. You know why? This is the perfect landing spot. Because no risk it, no biscuit. Mm. I think unlike Honey Badger, Wes was setting you up by the by the way to at the same time say no biscuit. So why don't you, let's try it again? Go ahead, Wes. No why? No risk it. No wait 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 no. What? He starts it, <laughs> and then you, and then you say at the same time, "No biscuit, no biscuit, okay. no biscuit." No, Wes, you were supposed to say it too. Uh, this is a mess. All right, one more time. Why does only Dan know what's supposed to happen? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that is that's what you maybe were that thinking isn't the first organically time. Organically, right? what was, it was about to not happen. what I was thinking. Oh. But I appreciate your vision. All right, we'll tr- I'll be I'll be the role of Mark. Why am I getting bumped? No biscuit, no, no biscuit, biscuit. <laughs> and the high five. That's I was, was not the one. Like that, Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure. I don't know why I got bumped from that skit. <laughs> I, I certainly gave you many tries there. Well, the second was on Wes. Speaking of which, uh, the, you mentioned the walk-up songs, Greg. Did you have any? Anybody have any takeaways on the walk-up songs? The one that uh, which we publish exclusively on NFL.com about 30 minutes before the start of the draft. Every draft prospect gets to select their own song. It's usually hip-hop heavy. Uh, speaking of DJ. Uh, who fell out that window, he had by far the most interesting, intriguing choice, Lazarus, which was the first single and the final um, first single from David Bowie before his death. He went with Lazarus, which is kind of like a slow, um, you know, low tempo, some uh, longing saxophone in there. Just a really interesting choice by Kim DJ, who's an interesting dude. Very interesting. I mean, that's the most interesting team in the league. Unlike Honey Badger, like, people have questioned his effort level sometimes. And certainly his production in college was not like a honey badger type where he was producing a lot all the time, but man, that's a fun team as, as for the walk-up songs, you know, I recognize six or so, which is, was a bigger number than last year. So I feel like I'm getting getting deeper. I threw out, well, uh, there are a couple songs that are not from this decade in there too. So I threw out a, a way to find out how cool you are, which is you, there's 26 songs here, and then multiply how many you know by four, scale one to 100. Um, so if you can get, you know, like a, a 75, that's really good because a lot of this is 
you know, you're, you got to be a young cat. Although, you know, like, uh, I do Jack Conklin, the offensive tackle, a big gun by ACDC, one of the only rock tracks on this. I like that he didn't go with, like, a two-on-the-nose ACDC uh, song. Um, Reggie Raglan, maybe that's why I didn't get drafted. PSA by boy. Jay-Z, that's a good choice. Raglan like went that. with Mo Money, Your Mo Jets Problems. Pick. We got to retire that well, one. Teams don't like that. What? Oh, yeah, who, which one had a – Your Jets pick, right, wasn't it? Yeah. Where is he? Public service announcement. Oh, Jay-Z. PSA. Yeah, I love that's one of my favorite Jay Z songs. According to your formula, I couldn't be any less cool, but I'm not sure that's that I measure it by based on draft picks and their little songs. Yeah. Is it fitting that Carson Wentz with went with uh flyover states? Yeah, I saw a lot a lot of people uh had a similar comment. Jason Aldean, who's a, a country artist, I believe. Because North Dakota is a flyover state. Exactly, giving a little yeah. shout out. And Jared Goff went with California Love. Hey, let's do a little uh, 8 o'clock delight. All right, this is how we'll do it. I'm going to throw it around to you guys. I'm just going to a, na- uh, a draft pick at uh, at random. Mark Sessler, Jared Goff, number one pick to the Rams. I like it. It cements the fact, the way that the Rams used their full time to do this and waited all up until tonight to uh, make this pick that the NFL and the Rams are absolutely in love with each other, and it is a beautiful romance. Does it feel like, and maybe I shouldn't say this. It's a little ridiculous. On an NFL, uh, uh, you know, property. Does it feel like the fix was in a little bit, this whole thing? They got the number one pick the first year in L.A. I, I say no more. I will shut up. Battery <laughs> uh, League figures approaching. Chris Wessling, Eli Apple, New York Giants. Yeah, I don't know much about him. He's a young guy. They need cornerbacks. Good pick, I guess. The guy is good in the kitchen. They need to keep adding defensive parts, and he is good in the kitchen, as we know. Tall. Carl Joseph, safety. Oakland Raiders pick 14. Wes, again. (laughs) Scouts love this guy. They cannot be more effusive in their praise. He's a torpedo. Basically combines Bob Sanders' hard hitting with Earl Thomas's range and drew comparisons to Brian Dawkins. I love everything about this pick. He didn't get knocked at all for tearing his ACL. He, it happened in the fourth game of the year. He expects to be ready for training camp. I, I love it. Greg Rosenthal, pick six for the Ravens. Ronnie Stanley, tackle out of Notre Dame. Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people didn't think there was a huge difference between Ronnie Stanley and Tunzel. But this is a pick. If Tunzel's better than Stanley, the Ravens will be questioning themselves because they wanted Tunzel more. Uh, New York Jets pick twenty. Darren Lee, outside linebacker, Ohio State. Dan. Well, this is what I'll have to say about this one. I think they needed an outside linebacker. I'm, I'm happy they passed on Paxton Lynch. Uh, I'm happy they passed on Lyle Jack. Uh, I don't know a ton about this guy, but he's supposed to be fast. The Jets needed speed, and I trust Todd Bowles' vision. We haven't had anybody who could get to the quarterback since John Abraham was in town. That was over a decade ago since they traded him to Atlanta, so maybe this is the guy. Their defense is going to be a hell of a lot better with a true pass rusher. Chris Wessling, the Indianapolis Colts, selected center Ryan Kelly out of Alabama, 18. Another pick I love. Andrew Luck is the most hit quarterback in the NFL since he entered the league. They've not been able to fix their offensive line problems. This guy was the best interior lineman in the draft. Uh, And the uh, Jeff Saturday uh, to Andrew Luck's Peyton Manning. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) DJ really liked that one, too. He said, plug him in. It's center guard. He'll be a stud. Pittsburgh Steelers take a man named Artie Burns. It sounds like he's an 80-year-old man playing <laughs> pinochle in Miami, but he's actually a young cornerback from Miami. The Steelers took him at 25, Greg. I think he owns Vesuvio and Sopranos, Artie Burns, doesn't he? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, ooh, the bit costs you wow. an analysis. No. Well, I got it. We got prefer a, the bit. I got ejector seated out of that game. <laughs> Oh, did we? I don't know. Oh, I do. Can... I give you a little Rams hey. seat, and then it's go West, Greg, West, West, Greg, hey, West, Greg, what? West, Greg, talk, West. Can... It's our podcast. We can talk whatever we want. Yeah. This Mark, less and less I want to say. Take a player. No, I mean, yeah. You know what I like? The Bengals. Here's what I, the wait, ben- wait. Let oh, Greg fi- finish his finish point, your yeah. soliloquy. Wow, what's the soliloquy? Artie Burns was a guy a lot of people didn't have in the first couple rounds. Boomer bust like massive. 
physical guy that the Steelers are just taking a chance on in the secondary. It feels like they always do this, and it never works with they, cornerbacks. They, they are terrible. They're terrible year. at taking secondary players, but they keep going after the same Well, type. let's talk about one thing. The best playoff game from last year, Steelers-Bengals. Both teams still better. The Bengals didn't get their wide receiver, so they go and take William Jackson right before Pittsburgh picks another cornerback, and maybe that's the guy that Pittsburgh wanted. Mm. You stick it to the Steelers, and I can always get behind that. Sessler fired up tonight, by the way. You well, weren't, you weren't in love with uh, the 49ers either, that they traded back into the first round. Shout out to uh, Connie Fox, by the way, for picking up some sandwiches on that one. 49ers taking two, uh, two, sand- two picks us. in the first well, round. That's, but I, DeForest Buckner, though. Yeah. That guy looks like an Old Testament hero. He's like an, a foot and a half taller than everyone <laughs> else around him. He is a badass. I'm, I love that pick. And I, the Old Testament were like, Four foot eleven. I know, but there's always someone that emerges like a, like 18 inches taller like than Goliath? everyone else. Sure. Am, am I crazy? Or he played with Eric Armstead yes. in college, and they were uh, twin towers wreckers in college. And Armstead was a good pick by them last year. Now you get them back together so again. Got book, I like that. You got bookend Calais Campbell's now. Something like that. Um, we should get out of here, but before we go, yeah, we'll dig into the. Um, no, I want to hear everyone go around the room and talk about Jermaine. A feedy. I only speak about him in private. <laughs> so do the Seahawks. Well, it's the first uh, first round pick for the Seahawks. No, I'm just uh, kidding. I didn't really, really expect him. Um, we will get into the sandwich prop results uh, uh, on Saturday Saturday night show. That's when we'll be back after round seven. Uh, we should do a little bit of business. We gave the Irishman another chance um, to uh, ask a question after his great uh, disaster of uh, <laughs> last Monday. And the Irishman, uh, why don't you throw it out there, Brandon? What is your prop, your proper prop? Notre Dame linebacker Jalen Smith will be drafted in the first or second round. All right, so we're halfway home in terms of this wager. Greg and I both took uh, the Irishman up on that one. (laughs) Uh, Wes and Mark sat it out. No, we didn't no, we, take it. No, we all did. Well, we we did more research and we came around. You you, you got – you got jobbed a little bit by all the time, you know, that we had because I, initially I was the only one that was going to take it. And well, I, I just misunderstood. I called these guys out for being chumps that you're just giving away sandwiches, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, there's no chance Brandon's going to be right well, about he's it." Got Let's called, take the sandwiches. He's got something called drop foot. Right. He literally made. I'd say I, you played the game poorly because had you just said, "You know, I don't feel good about this, but I'm going to take it," I would have been like, "I'm definitely not taking it." Then Greg was like, "You fools," yeah. and so I started to do more research. <laughs> well, here's I'm the like, difference. Hey, it doesn't take sandwiches to make. For me, as, lo- as long as it's just giving, you know, you can have your sandwiches. That's fine. Dan, I, ha- Dan I have to tell you something real quick, though. What? I uh, talked to my lovely mother after yes. I said that, and she said she listened to the podcast. And I yeah. was like, so what did you think about mine? All she sent back was, not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Yep, uh, no joke. Seems appropriate. Oh, That's hilarious. Thank you for the support on Reddit, though. Yeah. Lot, people saw where I was coming from. Well, About four of them. That's good. Yeah, you found four people on the entire internet that actually like that. Those four people. Prop. I'm up to two hands now. Those um, four people will never be allowed to make lunch propositions. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we'll track that one. Yeah, we'll go through the rest of them on Saturday's show. Maybe I don't know if we'll be able to do it. Kevin Patcher, who's in Chicago, Kevin Patcher coming at you. Maybe we get him on the line Saturday, but he there's a good chance he'll be very drunk by the time we. <laughs> Uh, wrap up wow. uh, our report. Well, he uh, Mark he once said he drinks that. by ten thirty in the morning. Well, he's well, wor- hey, by day. the way, he's working all day. He better not be drinking at ten thirty <laughs> in the morning. He's writing posts. <laughs> I don't know if he'll be drunk. I should say, but I think he made a comment that he would be in a bar when we were actually recording. That's true because we night. have to write. And- I assume he'll be drunk at the bar. It's a it's a very safe uh, bet, which is fine. Just part. do not don't wear the gas mask. All right, we'll be back on Saturday night uh, with uh, a complete draft um, recap. We'll do some winners and losers. We'll check out our sandwich props. It's going to be a great time. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, Make sure uh, to check us out on iTunes and leave comments and five-star ratings. Let's goose the iTunes machine. Hashtag iTunes challenge. Uh, That's it for today's show. This is Dan Hansa signing off for... Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass. Till the weekend.
full of heart from start to finish, delivers on the great tension of the NFL draft while showing how human the entire process is. Mark Sessler, NFL.com. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.